Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. That's at T-A-L-K-I-N-A-C-C Sports. Your podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow Matthew at, on Twitter at ASD underscore Hokey Smash. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as he gets the podcast started. Welcome to this week in the Atlantic Coast Conference. This is the podcast for AllSportsDiscussion.com. You can follow me on Twitter at at underscore ASD. Uh, sorry, let me repeat that. At ASD underscore Hokey Smash. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at at Talking ACC Sports. You can follow our site Twitter account for all sports discussion at at all sports DACC. Again, this is the longest running independent ACC podcast in the country. And before we get to some major news here, Jeff, I mean, we're here to discuss the college football playoff tonight. Some major news. I want to tell you actually about some good news. Are you ready to hear some good news, Jeff? Yeah, go for it. Okay, sure. So, do you know who Feldarius Payne is, Jeff? Have you heard of that name? You've heard the name, right? Plays for Virginia Tech, defensive lineman. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, uh, and a lot of people. He doesn't really jump out to you right away because he did make, like, he spent a couple of years in Nebraska. Then he went transferred. To, you know, then he went to a community college, and then he was out for you know out last year at Virginia Tech. He came to Virginia Tech as a graduate transfer. Right now, Pro Football Fo- Focus le- has him as the as one of the top defensive linemen in the country and the top defensive linemen in the ACC. And a lot of times this year, I kind of had used the the phrase uh, the hashtag "Bring the Pain" every time he you know sacks somebody because he led many times he led the the led the you know for a couple at least for a couple consecutive weeks in the ACC he's led the league in sacks and you know, Virginia Tech's kind of ramping up that that famous pass rush they've had where they've made they've kind of have wreaked havoc on quarterbacks but I almost felt that I had to use the hashtag in a different way today Jeff because Virginia Tech was behind Louisville at half <laughs> playing men's basketball they were able to squeak out the win but I didn't want to use this bring the pain hashtag in a different way to as it would roast Virginia Tech's uh, net ranking right by losing to Louisville but luckily they found a way to win today so that is your good news for the day that Louisville didn't crash Virginia Tech's uh, net ranking otherwise it would have wreaked havoc on other t- ACC teams so that's your good news for the day there was no loss by Virginia Tech to Louisville <laughs> Even though Louisville is a little better than they were last year. I mean, you were right when you said that last week. You said yeah, they're a little bit better than last year. But still, that would have been tragic to see that happen. And to, because you have the effects of what would happen. You know, if you're losing to Louisville, you know, then Virginia Tech's tagged with losing to the worst team in the ACC and the next team that plays Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah, you know, they lost to, they lost to Louisville. Then this starts making the rest of the conference look you know, perhaps not so great. So that's your good news for the day. Louisville did not ruin or play this domino effect of ruining everybody's uh, schedule strength here in the ACC. So that's the good news for the day. Jeff, Jeff, 
It's time for open microphone here time. I mean, we had a big announcement time, and I'm just going to let you cut loose here because I know you're going to have a lot to say. We're going to start out with a bang. The four seeds were were uh, selected today for the college football playoff. As we know, Florida State was not selected. Jeff, I want to get your thoughts on this, and we're ready to go. Let's let's start out with a bang. Yeah, to to, to say I was surprised by that was a was an understatement. Um, the, the the pure ab- absurdity of Florida State being left out was so far off my radar. I didn't even think it was was a possible. I thought the discussion was was a complete joke. It was funny. I was watching ACC huddle, and and former Virginia Tech player. Um, Eddie Royal was on there and that's how he described it as well. He's like, when they were talking about it last night, I thought this was a joke. He's like, it's, it's not possible. And of course we know what happened today. And it, you know, it, it's really hard to, 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 to say, to think about what you want to say when, when something like this is, but I think, you know, what, what's been made clear today is, is results don't matter. Um, it doesn't matter if you win games. It doesn't matter who you beat. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, the final scores of games. It, it doesn't matter, you know, what happens on the field. Um, because if a Vegas odd predicts that you're better, that that's what we're deciding, um, you know, our teams and playoff selections before. Uh, thankfully, we didn't do that when Oregon played Washington uh, the other night as Washington was a, a near double-digit favorite. Um, and won the game outright. But if this selection committee, apparently it had the opportunity to choose between Oregon and Washington, it would be Oregon in the playoff and uh, not Washington because, um, you know, they've used some kind of bizarre game predictor analysis that we don't understand um, to make their decision. Uh, I I don't even know what else to say. It, it It was just mind boggling. Okay, so let me ask you a follow-up question on this. And this is, I mean, I'm going to ask you actually a really hard question here now. Should Jim Phillips resign? Um, I I don't know if that would be the worst thing to do. Uh, You know, I I think he's he's failed in a couple parts here. Um, and, and, And in a way... I don't know if he knew what he, I don't think he knew how to handle the situation. Um, when you saw some of the nonsensical statements about what Greg Sankey was saying to the, about the SEC, you know, a few days ago, you know, in, in public talking about the SEC deserved two teams and things like that. They were of course, you, you know, ridiculous statements, but it, it got into the minds of the committee and we didn't hear from Jim Phillips until I think the first thing I heard from him at all on the college football playoff was maybe something late yesterday on on ACC Network. And then, of course, today he puts out a statement, which was the least of what he could have done. Um, So I I do think he bears uh, some responsibility for not being out front on this from from the get-go. Um, I mean, he should have been making statements on radio shows. He should have been demanding airtime on 
uh, ESPN or at very least ACC Network, but he, he didn't do any of that. And and that's kind of been his MO since he got there. He just doesn't get out in front of any of these situations um, to just, just be a voice, to be a voice for the ACC. That that hasn't that hasn't happened. And maybe you could be a commissioner like that 20 or 30 years ago, but that doesn't work in the social media age. I mean, and it's not like you, you just have to blast off every time you feel like it, but you got to have a presence out so there. So like a strategic plan. And, it's like a strategic he, plan. Like I have been talking about for yeah, weeks. You, you, you got to be, tra- <laughs> you gotta be transparent about the plan. You've got to, you know, be out there and, and, and be in front of what's going on. And like I said, that doesn't mean you have to blast everything and just, you know, say all kinds of crazy stuff every five minutes. But, you know, this was a situation that it would have made a lot of sense for him to start giving interviews during the week, you know, that, hey, if we have an undefeated ACC champion, they need to be in the Not playoffs. just during the week. You would have done this. You would have done this all year. And that would have made the most sense, but at the very least uh, this week. But I don't think I heard anything from Jim Phillips since oh, – Early September, maybe? I'm going to blast him on the blog, I think, Jeff, because, uh, you know, I asked that question for a reason because I think he has totally failed at the strategic communications uh, aspect of his job. I, I don't think there's anything else to describe that but an utter failure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think at, at this point you have to say he's currently failing at what he, what he does. Um, you know, the, the bare minimum of what you should do is be out there promoting the conference. You have a television network on ESPN. And, and I will say, I, I do think the ACC network itself has been, you know, pretty darn good about, you know, trying to promote the teams, uh, you know, on the on the huddle tonight, you, you had EJ Manuel former Florida State quarterback, Eric McLean, former offensive lineman for um, Clemson, and Eddie Royal, who, who played at Virginia Tech. And, and they all collectively like blasted the result of today. Now, they probably got suspended by ESPN right after they did it. But, you know, that they, here they were, you know, on their network, talking about you know what had happened and and how wrong it obviously was which it was no question about it um and you know you you have this avenue of which you can go out and give interviews and promote the the conference the thing is is even if espn doesn't put it on there someone's going to pick up the comments if you go on the acc network as soon within 10 minutes of of those three blasting the selection it was all over social media. You know, people were putting clips out there. It's it's not that hard. You literally have an entire network that would have, you know, would have put you on TV to talk about it. You're absolutely right, Jeff. I'm with you 1000%. So I want to go through just a couple. I want to go, I'm going to read through the bowl and out bowl games with you, Jeff, because I want to transition to what the schedule is going to look like. And then I'm just going to ask you some questions. So I, just to make sure that our readers don't know it, I'll go through these real quick and then I'll come back and ask you some questions. Okay. Because these were, these are, I mean, by all intents, I mean, this, 
this is a record, I think, for the ACC, right? With eleven bowl t- bowl game, bowl team, bowl eligible teams, they're all in bowls, and I think it's the most of any conference in college football. So I want to, ru- I'm going to run through these. Not I'm that run- it matters. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to run through. I'm going to run through these because run run through these because you've got you've got Syracuse South Florida. That's on the December twenty first. That's the uh, roof claim. Dot com Boca Raton Bowl. Then you've got uh, Georgia Tech at at, uh, at at Central versus Central Florida, and that's the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, Florida. And by the way, no, I do think. I mean, it's. I, I do think some of these matter, Jeff, just because at least if you're looking at individual team progressions and stuff like that, it's big for Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech to be in a bowl. And I know you agree on that. I mean, I, I know you're a little snarky there, but I know you also agree on that because it gives people an extra, it gives people, I mean, it gives the players an extra, you know, extra games to practice and things and things like that, you know, things like that, you know, get some ready for, you know, what you think you're going to see, what you, you know, what you think your team's going to look like next year, you know, that sort of thing. So, the next one, you've got the 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 seventy six Birmingham Bowl, and that's Duke versus Troy, a Duke team that isn't going to have its head coach in uh, Mike Elko, and I think we just learned that that Riley Leonard is going to go through the graduate transfer process for, so they're not going to have their, you know, I, he's probably not going to play in that. I, I, he's probably not going to play in that bowl game. Then you got Virginia Tech versus Temple. I mean, that's actually a pretty unattractive matchup. It's in the mil, it's the military bowl. It's up in Annapolis. Tulane. Yeah, yeah, versus Tulane in in uh, in uh, the military bowl up in uh, Annapolis, and you know, like like many said, I mean that's this is an. I mean, I think Brent Pride just said this now in the ACC huddle. You got forty thousand Virginia Tech alumni in the DC area, so I think they're probably you know you got all the fans that are going to travel, and you got people up here. You're going to be represented pretty well there. You got North Carolina versus West Virginia. That's the the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina. On the twenty seventh of December, you've got in San Diego, you got Louisville versus uh, USC. That's that that should be that should be a pretty fun matchup. I'm happy for Louisville that they get a nice a nice little visit to San Diego, which is actually pretty cool. Then you've got Boston College versus SMU. That's actually very cool. You're going to see a picture of SMU, a team that's coming into the ACC next year. And Jeff, they're one of the top eleven teams. And I'm talking about the Mustangs here. It's just like it was back in the SWAC days. They got more money in the it tied up in those NIL programs than you could ever dream of for a lot of ACC teams, Jeff, because of the the Texas oil money. And I I, I think it's just going to be a. I mean, I, SMU was just. I'm sorry with the the Pony days. They were just a, far ahead of their time, right? They know how to. They know they know how to cook the money. Then you've got Miami at Miami versus Rutgers. And that's the that's the pinstripe ball. You've got NC State versus Kansas State, probably one of the greater matchups for the ACC. I think that's going to be a hell of a game. The Pop Tarts Bowl in Orlando, Florida. You've got Clemson versus Kentucky in the Gator Bowl, another really good matchup. You've got Notre Dame versus Oregon State in the Sun Bowl, and Florida State versus Georgia in the Orange Bowl. So those are the eleven bowl games. I guess I'm asking you today. I mean. You know, I'll, I, let me just give you one quick observation, then I'll ask you a question here. But you know, Virginia Tech taking on Tulane, I actually thought that they missed an opportunity, and maybe this is, and, may, and I'm looking forward to some of your snarky comments here, right? Probably it was like they didn't really, the, 
ACC really didn't have a chance to think about this or the bowl selection process was trashy. But I really thought that they would put Virginia Tech versus West Virginia. When I knew when we heard that West Virginia was traded, right, and they got that mail, mail, the mail, the Duke Mail Bowl, I thought Virginia Tech was going there because I thought they would want who wouldn't want a rematch of the backyard brawl? I mean, you know, this, this, uh, you know, the Black Diamond Bowl, right? I mean, a backyard brawl type thing. Not, that's obviously the pit thing, but, you know, the, the Black Diamond game, who would not want that? But they put North Carolina in there because, you know, I, and, and here's, and I think I understand why, Jeff, why that happened. Because Virginia Tech would sell out in either place, right? They would sell out in Charlotte, they would sell out in Charlotte. Or they would sell out in D.C. Virginia Tech fans travel well, regardless of the record. They sold out every game this season for a 6-6 six and six team. and But that's not the case for North Carolina, who's been driving off a cliff lately. They've decided that, you know, we're just going to drive this thing off the cliff and, and burn our car. And, you know, the fact is that the North Carolina, I mean, this is the way it is. North Carolina fans probably would not travel outside of the state of North Carolina for a bowl game. They would not set, you know, the 919 or the Charlotte area code, uh, you know, the Charlotte area code, right? I, but that's that's why I think that that that's why I think that happened there because a lot of t- you know a lot of Hokie fans really wanted to be in Charlotte, but I understand why that why that why that happened. Uh, which which game? You know, I've read off about eleven of them here. I mean, what which ones? Which ones are you really looking forward to, Jeff? I, I think um, the North Carolina West Virginia is is an is kind of an intriguing game, um, you know. North Carolina with that offense, and we know how they've un- ended the season. I mean, can can Mac Brown finally you know finish a season strongly um, with Drake May and that that offense? Uh, you know, West Virginia's had a, had a fairly a pretty solid season. Uh, I, I'm intrigued to see, you know, if there's a team that needs a little positive momentum going into the off season, I think North Carolina is, is that one of those, one of those teams, um, the Louisville USC matchup is, is pretty intriguing. Uh, we know USC with Caleb Williams, uh, who knows who, what opt outs, you know, you could have in, in, in that game. We know USC's offense is terrible. Louisville, um, you know, one of the better offensive teams in the country. Uh, not, not that Florida State was given any credit for for shutting it down this weekend, but uh, it's a very good offense that Louisville has for any you know casual observer of, of college football, which uh, I don't believe there are any on the college football playoff committee. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll get to see uh, Louisville in in that game, and you know they've lost their last couple two games. I want to see how they perform. Uh, if they can have an 11 win season against a, a really suspect uh, USC defense. Uh, I think the, the Gator bowl with uh, Clemson and Kentucky, I think this is a great opportunity for Clemson to finish the season on a five game winning streak. Uh, I, I think they can do a lot of things against Kentucky that, um, Louisville had struggled with, especially with that defense that Clemson has. Um, and, you know, they end that season on a, on a, on a five game winning streak and they'll go into the off season with a ton of momentum and, you know, kind of 
doesn't totally erase the questions marks in the passing game, but at least, you know, it'll be something for Dabo Sweeney to, to build on. And of course, you know, I'm interested to know how Georgia tech does from a, from a personal standpoint. I, I think the central Florida uh, op- opponent is a tough matchup for them uh, playing in Florida against a central Florida team that despite being six and six w- was another team that's similar to Georgia tech that, you know, when they're on, they can produce some really, you know, they can play at a high level when they're on their games. It's a team that, that beat um, Oklahoma state by 40 points um, that we saw in the big 12 title game that Texas got so much credit for beating um, a team that you see six and six UCF beat by, you know, six touchdowns, but not, not that that matters either. <laughs> <laughs> and, and those are the games that, that are kind of interesting. You know, what does frustrate me though, Matthew is usually we look at these bowl games and, and each year we've looked at them and always said, you know, the ACC needs a quality bowl season. You know, they, they've got to win games to change that perception, to change that narrative. And it, it is a little bit disheartening to go into this bowl season and know that the ACC could win all 11 of these games and it will not change the narrative. It, it will not change the perception uh, of the league. There's nothing the league can do uh, further than maybe what we talked about, uh, you know, Jim Phillips being more in front, but winning the games, these non-conference games will be totally disregarded from a perception point of the, of the ACC. Um, now what you said, uh, you made a great point that for individual teams, uh, I do think these games are still very important to provide momentum into the off season to get those extra pa- practices and individually uh i think the games are still quite important but collectively from a league perception and league narrative uh, i don't think there's going to be any value to them whatsoever even florida state if they were to beat georgia by 100 we would only hear that georgia didn't want to be in the game and that's the only reason florida state won so it it, it's a no-win situation from collectively from the league uh, individually, I think there's a lot of importance to be placed on these games. Very good point. Very good point. I I can't stress enough, and I'll re- repeat myself, NC State and Kansas State, I think, is going to be a really good game, Jeff. Because yes, that's a great point. Great point. I, I totally forgot about that, that, that one. I, a, I do like that game a lot. Yes. I mean, it's a strength-on-strength strength thing because – You've watched Kansas State as much as I have, Jeff. They're going to come right at you just like the Bison did. There's no mystery on what they want to do, right? Like what the NDSU Bison did. That's what Chris Kleiman did at North Dakota State. He ran the ball with his big offensive lineman, and he dared you to stop them. And NC State's going to try to stop the run. Now, it'll, I'll just be, you know, I'll be interested to see you know what how many points are scored in that game jeff i mean i am taking the under in that game because i think it's going to be a ridiculous defensive battle and it's one i'm one i'm really looking forward to um i will be interested to see how virginia tech does against tulane cuz tulane is a tulane's a good team they're they're legit they're they're 11 and 2 i mean and they yep. willie fritz Without- Without Willie. their coach moving, with their coach moving on, yeah, he went to Houston. He went to Houston, right? If I'm not mistaken, he took the job yeah. at Houston. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's certainly an X factor, you know, because sometimes when you lose your coach, your head coach, 
things go, you know, I tend to pick the I tend to pick the other team if they're let if the head coach is leaving. You know what I mean? To you know, and some people may be taking that approach with uh, Virginia with uh, with Virginia Tech, but I. I mean, North Carolina, you brought up a good point. North Carolina is the one that really needs to win this game because they can't look like they're driving off. I mean, the last couple of years, they've looked like they're driving off the cliff, and this is no. This really is no different. NC State has a chance to win, to get 10 wins. Um, you know, and that that actually, that, you know, that would be a pretty darn success, pretty darn successful. I mean, Dave, Dave Doran, for the most part, I think we can say this, Jeff. He's been pretty consistent the last couple of years. The last couple of years is that a fair statement? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I think um, you know we we have been tough on Dave Dorn in the past on here, but his second half coaching job of NC State, you know, was as good as anyone in in the conference. He he did an amazing job, kind of rebuilding that team through the loss of. Of MJ Morris, you know, starting out with with Brennan Armstrong at the beginning of the year looked like a failed experiment, and then he goes through this quarterback, tr- you know, transition, um, and actually gets better because the defense got better. Um, isn't that interesting, Matthew? They went through a quarterback change at NC State <laughs> and actually were a better team. Um, I don't know where have you seen that before, where you lose a quarterback and and your defense actually elevates your team. I don't know. I don't know where I've seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you tell me, um, you know, one, I, I can't help myself. One last thought on this. Florida State is a better defensive team than they were earlier in the season. Um, and to suggest that they're not as good at the beginning of now as at the beginning of the year is, is a completely inaccurate and, and disingenuous statement and, and shows a complete lack of understanding of, of how football teams are put together. Um, Cause I think if Florida state had played Florida and Louisville in September the, with Jordan Travis, the final score of those games, you know, would have been like 30 to 21, a nine point victory um, against Florida and probably something like 34, 24 uh, against Louisville, a 10 point victory, the exact margin of victory that we saw in these last two games, uh, because yeah, certainly Jordan Travis, not playing wonderful player. Um, Heisman trophy caliber player. The offense took a step down. No question about it. Florida state's defense better now than it was at the beginning of the year, uh, probably by 10 to 13 10 to 13 points. And by the end of the season, they had become a truly elite defensive team that spent the last two months of the season, not giving up more than 20 points. So just wanted to throw that out there about NC state switching quarterbacks, winning different ways and, and becoming better. Fair enough, Jeff. Fair enough, Jeff. Let's talk some ACC men's basketball. Uh, we're one third of the way through, I want to say one third, and we're about really one third of, you know, a couple more games will be one third of the way through the uh, season before we get to the ACC tournament. It's weird. It's kind of weird like that, you know, about, about, about one third. Um, 
Who right now do you have the most con- – I mean, let's take perhaps take Louisville out of the equation right now. Who do you have the most concerns about in the ACC in terms of getting, you know, getting, getting to the postseason? And, and here I'm talking about the NCAA tournament. Who, who, who do you have the most concerns about right now? Right now, um, there's two teams that I would say have almost no hope of reaching the postseason. And then from there, you know, I think most every ACC team has shown, you know, the ability to play at a high level. Not that what they do at this point, the wins that they have early in the season will be meaningful at the end of the year uh, because we know what happens. If you win at the beginning of the year, those results don't matter. I would look at Notre Dame with Louisville. I think Louisville is actually on, honestly, they're much improved from last year. I mean, how could they not be? They were um, an absolute train year at last season. Uh, but this is a team that came within a, um, you know, a last second shot of knocking off uh, Texas uh, a couple weeks ago. And they played pretty well against Virginia Tech today. They're going to win some games this season. Uh, they're still going to be pretty bad, but they're not going to be the train wreck they were last season, uh, but they're not. They're not going to the NCAA tournament. I, I don't see almost any any way that would happen. And, and Notre Dame, um, Notre Dame has one reasonably decent win against Oklahoma State, but the, that the Cowboys are also under 500 um, since uh, Mike Bray is 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 gone. They they don't look equipped to finish in the upper half of the ACC. But other than those two. Um, you know, there's question marks on other teams a- across the board, but they've all shown um, the ability to play at high levels at 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 times. Um, you know, we, we you look at the ACC SEC challenge this this week. Um, we saw Wake Forest uh, beat Florida, uh, Georgia Tech, who was coming off a, a you know a 30 point plus loss to Cincinnati, beats Mississippi State who was ranked at the time, uh, and then they follow it up by beating Duke. So we've seen what they're capable of. Uh, Virginia looked good against Texas A&M. Um, I think we're, we're you know all comfortable to say Miami is, is a tournament-quality team. They got, got blown out at Kentucky, which was, was a bit surprising, not that they uh, expected a win, but I thought it would be more competitive. Um, if there's a team that I would be concerned about, not that I don't think they'll eventually, you know, make the tournament, but that they are definitely not playing as well um, or as cohesive as we thought of, it is Duke. Um, they're they're four and three, and I don't think anybody out of the gate thought they were going to lose. I mean, five and three was going to lose three games uh, right off the right off the bat, and and early in the season, the loss against Arizona. Um, you could see issues with Duke in the interior. And all three of their losses, um, Arizona, Arkansas, and Georgia Tech, they've been out-rebounded in those those games. Um, they kind of brushed off Arizona. Okay, Arizona, that's top five team now. They could win national champion. You know, Duke's going to be fine. Well, then they go to Arkansas, uh, who is, you know, who many thought was was one of the better teams in the SEC, but had been had been struggling um, they'd already lost to UNC um, Greensboro at home. North Carolina, you know, rather comfortably took care of them. And then Arkansas knocks off uh, Duke in that game. Like, all right, well, maybe Arkansas is playing to their capability. 
that's going to probably be a tournament team. And then they go to Georgia Tech, um, who had, had their own issues on the interior. And uh, Georgia Tech was in control of that game um, for about the last half hour of that game. Every run that Duke made, Georgia Tech responded. And it was very surprising that even against Georgia Tech, who who is not the biggest team, they could not establish anything consistent you know, on the interior. Uh, Filipowski was outplayed by the Georgia Tech bigs in that game, and that's a big concern. You're, now you wonder about Proctor's ankle. Um, you know, I don't know if, if Duke ends up being the North Carolina uh, of the ACC this year with mega high expectations going into the season and, you know, staying on the fringes of the bubble through the course of the season. I don't think that's going to happen. I, th- I think they're too talented to to have that happen but i mean we could be talking about a team some thought was a top five team you know and and they're playing in the eight nine game come come march so it, it you know i think only louisville and notre dame you know are truly out of the picture when it comes to the postseason um but i think there's a lot of uh, fire alarms going off about duke right now two follow-up questions for you jeff and i think you'll enjoy these um uh, did Pitt really screw up? Because we can look in the rearview mirror. I thought they did. But did Pitt really screw up when they got rid of Jamie Dixon? The floor is... Um, I mean, that's a program that definitely should be a consistent... Oh, should yeah, be a consistent yes! <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> they, they did, yeah, they, of course. Never should have got rid of Jamie Dixon. <laughs> the only answer is yes. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. It was such a bad decision, and because I, I watched them. Okay, so they were. He brought his team. I, 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 you know, I kept track of this. Of course, he brought his team into DC the other night. TCU was here. Georgetown almost beat them, but they lost by one. They lost by one point to TCU. And this is my next question for you because this is this is a really important game coming up on Saturday. I know you're a student of history just like me, Jeff. Saturday, Syracuse comes to Georgetown. Are they going to win? <laughs> Are they going to win in Georgetown? I don't know. Syracuse, is, they've been all over the place. They're either a 20-point win or a 20-point loss waiting to happen. <laughs> If Georgetown, but that sure does that does bring back some memories with them and Georgetown. I mean, if they play any way, if Georgetown plays any way they did this past Saturday, they're going to win. You know, T- Jamie Dixon is a good coach. Somehow he found his way a, a way to win. But this is only Georgetown. I mean, this is Ed Cooley's first year at Georgetown, and if they're almost knocking off TCU. With what some people, I mean, Georgetown is Jeff. Quite frankly, is probably going to finish near the bottom of the Big East this year. I would say one from the bottom. I and that, that that's Wait, nothing. Is the Big I, East is the Big East good this year? Yes, basketball. That's the best basketball conference yes, in is. the country. It is. It is. And they're probably going. And then here's the thing: Ed Cooley's team is probably going. He's such a good coach that you're going to see one night that maybe they beat Marquette or something like that, or St. John's, you know what I mean? Something like that. I mean, they're they're. This is like a golden age for the big East this year. This is the best. You're absolutely right. This is the best. I think right now, if you could say this today, 
the Big East is the best basketball conference in the country, and he's probably going to get the most bids. But Ed Cooley may surprise, you know, may you know there may be a night or two that he stuns somebody, and and it and it, it sends like shockwaves through all the potential seeding scenarios. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. Georgetown is good for that. Good for that. But when he gets more of his own players in from DC, they're going to be even better. But I would be watching that game if you're an ACC person on Saturday when Syracuse comes here because they're going to be here. It's a, I, I I can't remember if it's an afternoon or an evening game. But that game sold out, Jeff, and it's. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be a pretty wild time. They haven't had a big, they haven't had a really big college. It feels like forever since they've had a really big college basketball game like that in DC in DC. And I, I think every everybody will be watching that. Everybody will be watching that on Saturday. So, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to go through, I'm going to go through, uh, give me, give me just a second here. Cause I want to go through, I want to go through, uh, we're going to go through the FCS playoff bracket. I'm going to tell you who's, to tell you who's, uh, who, who's all playing here. Cause that's, that's, that's coming up this up. This is, it's actually pretty good. I think you'll enjoy it because next Saturday, next Saturday, actually South Dakota, South Dakota, the university of South Dakota, North Dakota state are going to be on at one on ABC. I mean, I'm, I'm actually, it's actually very cool, Jeff. I mean, this is what happens now. I mean, the FCS is getting a major showcase because of, because of, you know, because of the big 10 and all these folks leaving ESPN and ABC, you're getting there, you're getting this major showcase for, you know, for not only for the ACC and the SEC, but the FCS. So next Saturday, here, here are some things we want to run through Jeff. And we're going to go through a go through a couple of games North Dakota State's going on the road to South Dakota, and that that hasn't happened in a long time. You know, the Bison, as you know, Jeff, have always you've always seen them on home with all the far, you know, all the Bison hats on and stuff like that in Fargo, and they they have to go on the road for every game this year uh, in the FCS playoffs, and, and you know, and and you know until they get you know if they if they get to Frisco, of course that that that's in Texas. But the quarters start next week. So here's what we got going on. South Dakota State is hosting Villanova. It's a one versus eight matchup. At the very beginning of the season, I took South Dakota State to win the national title. I still haven't changed my mind. I think they're going to beat Villanova. The Then uh, South Dakota hosts North Dakota State. They're the number three seed, South Dakota. I actually think North Dakota State's going to go in there and win at South Dakota, they beat Montana. The Bison beat North Montana State on the road in a snowstorm last week. They blocked a field goal as time expired for the tie for Montana State to win that game, and this was in the snow in in, Bo, in Bozeman. Then you've got Fer, you've got Furman from your home state, Jeff, going on the road. To Montana, where it's probably going to be snowing. I'm taking Montana in that game. And finally, you've got Albany going to Idaho, and I'm going to take Idaho there. So any disagreements with me, Jeff, on those four? Uh, no, I don't have a disagreement, but I'm going to I'm gonna trust you on here because you, you know more a lot more about this, this division of football than I do. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, you know what? It would be interesting if Furman won because – then North Dakota State would actually have to go down there if they beat South. You know, if they beat South Dakota, they'd actually have to go down to South Carolina. But I don't. 
I don't see any I don't see any of that happening. I'm kind of taking except for NDSU, I'm taking I'm taking pretty much all chalk as they say. I'm not taking a whole lot of risks there. Not taking a whole lot of risks. So, as we I guess we're you know, we're going to get ready here to close out the podcast, Jeff. Uh, I'll tell you something very just really quickly in my open microphone today. I, you know, be kind to people, right? Be kind to people because I, I was at the gas station today and there was this, you know, I, I was filling up, you know, putting some gas in my tank and this older Asian guy drives up, he's in his Jeep and he says, you know, he just says, sir, please don't be angry at me. Please don't be angry at me. And I'm thinking, dude, I've never, you know, I'm here in Alexandria, Virginia, right? You know, where there's 200,000 people that live in this city. It's about nine, which is only nine miles you know, nine nine miles of, of space, so it's very dense, right? It's right outside of D.C. And in fact, during the week, Jeff, there's five hundred thousand people here, so it it really almost doubles in size, right? More than doubles in size when all the workers come into town here. And he says, "Sir, please don't be angry at me." And I'm like, "Dude, I've never met with you, you before. Why why would I be angry at you?" You know, and he's he's like, "I need, you know, my wife left. You know, my my wife left." left, um, you know, in my, you know, in, in our other car and my wallet's in there and I need to get some gas, you know, so, to drive to Landover and I'm almost on empty. And I, and he goes, I can put, you know, I can Venmo you back. And I was like, well, no, I don't want to give you my phone. I, I was thinking in my mind, no, I don't want to give you my phone number. Of course, I'm not doing that. And I gave him $5, you know, to fill up his, t- you know, to at least get him enough gas to drive to Landover, Maryland. And he was very appreciative. So, be kind to every, be kind to people. Be kind to people. It's the holiday season. You would want that to happen to you. So that's my open microphone for this week. Jeff, you're up. Yeah, we've been talking college basketball here. Um, you know, I got a question for you, Matthew. Right now, at at this moment, who do you think is the ACC's best basketball team? Because I think it might be the Clemson Tigers. They're the only undefeated ACC team. They went on the road. They won at Alabama. Um, they went on the road today, controlled the game against uh, a pit team. And, you know, they struggled a little bit early in the season, but, you know, managed to, to not lose in some of the closer games against like UAB. And now Joe uh, Gerard, I mean, he's fully integrated in that offense. And they've got quite a one-two punch going with him and PJ Hall inside and out, and that's not even getting to uh, some of the other players they have on that team. And they can score from a variety of pos- positions. Um, I think right now, today on December third, you, I'm, I'm ranking them number one in the ACC. I'm not saying they they'll they'll remain there, or that other teams. Um, you know, could eventually overtake them. I think certainly North Carolina has an opportunity. We're going to find out a bunch about North Carolina when they play UConn, but the first 20 minutes against Tennessee that they played against were, you know, their, their ball movement in that game was, was impeccable. And they just ran Tennessee off of the court for 20 minutes. And then, um, you know, then they, they got a little, um, like a days ago in the second half, and that game got a lot closer. You know, they ended up winning by eight, but for 20 minutes, you know, North Carolina looked like the best team in college basketball. Um, 
uh, and very well might end up being the best team in the in the ACC. You know, Virginia has has looked really good outside of the one loss uh, to Wisconsin, but I think you can argue Clemson has played the best, most consistent basketball uh, in the ACC thus far this season, and they're they're going to be a very difficult team to deal with, and. I, I would expect them to make a big leap into the top 25 polls um, this upcoming week. You know what? I agree with you. Today, I would, if you're putting out your top 25, your your ACC poll on the site today, I would agree with you, Jeff. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's people always overlook Virginia. Always. Right? Mm-hmm. They say, Oh, you know, because you're not from the 919, the, the recency bias with North Carolina and Virginia, North Carolina and Duke, and oh, you know, Virginia will never be that that caliber and blah blah blah. No, no, Tony Bennett can just coach, and everybody knows that, right? Tony Bennett is a good coach. Now they 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 lost to Wisconsin. I mean, and but you know, I'll say this is a Wisconsin team that. While everybody was complaining about the bowl selection process, and while everybody was, which valid, validly so, they should, right? They just they handed it to Marquette today. Wisconsin did. I don't think, or was that yesterday? Yesterday, excuse me. Uh, that yeah. was sometime during the week, but I mean, yeah. Wisconsin thumped uh, Marquette and Virginia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so Wisconsin's a good team. I mean, I don't. I think. You know, they might be getting bet- better again. So, I mean, I, I certainly ha- would have Virginia in the in that mix with top teams in the ACC. And I, you know, I, I always, you know, I always reluct. I'm always kind of reluctant to talk about something like that until I see head to head. Until I see Clemson being able to handle that defense that that Virginia plays. You know what I mean? That sort of thing, Jeff. But today, I think you can. I think I'm with you. I think you can absolutely make the case that that Clemson's at the top of the ACC if you have your rankings come out today. I I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I totally agree with you, Jeff. One th- one thing I want to add for a time. I think I you know how I've been talking about having Poteet and Lynn Kidd on the floor at the same time for Virginia Tech. It happened today. They had two big men on the floor. Two big men on the floor at the same time today. I've been wanting that to happen for a long time because I think at times I see that Virginia Tech hasn't been as fast as I'd like to see them in man-to-man defense. And Duke has had this problem too. I mean, you talked about Duke here earlier in the podcast, Jeff. I mean, do you think that they? it's possible that they could switch to a zone, Jeff? And I'm actually not being sarcastic about that. Um, I definitely think they they should they. I mean, I know it probably goes against uh, you know John Shire's nature, but I think they need to do something defensively because they got huge holes on the interior. Until they can, you know, start hitting the glass better and defending better inside, um, you know, they need to try something defensively. Offensively, on the offensive side of the ball, I, I think they're fine. They've got major inside, a major inside issues, and changing some things up, going with zone. I mean, it, it couldn't hurt. That's for sure. 
there are times there are times when I think that they're not as fast as they should be on defense. And you know, at least I mean, like Coach K this is the best example I can think. I mean, a couple I mean, and I th- even think he went deeper in the in the NCAA tournament because he did it. You know, that he he kind of threw in the towel on his man-to-man defense because his players weren't just, just quite frankly weren't fast enough, Jeff. And you know, they might have to he might have to consider doing that just because you've got you've got you you can they can hold their hands up, they can be long, you know, be longer and that you know you can show the length of your body more and, and disrupt shots and stuff like that. I hope that they consider trying that out. Something like that at Duke. Well Jeff, Fred, this is it. The podcast. Where are we at? Four hundred seven what are we at? What how many have we got, Jeff? Four hundred seventy eight? Where are we I at? I think we're, we're somewhere around there. What's that 480, forty two. What are we at? Like four hundred forty-two, something like that. Four eighty-two, yeah. I mean, we're getting close to that five hundred number, and it's been fun. So, this is it for the podcast this week. Thank you for joining us on the All Sports Discussion podcast. This is the longest-running independent ACC podcast in the United States. Jeff, it was great. Have a great week, Jeff. All right, you too. Bye.